And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I am your host, Joel. Oh, a little sleepy this week, Matt. I'm not going to lie. It's been, yeah. it's been a rough one. It has it has been. I worked a 38-hour week this week, so I'm that's, pretty tired. That's right. I guess we both are. I've been running around doing Christmas stuff. I got a funeral on Monday and you, you got a new job now. You got a new thing you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't get to a lot of the comics I wanted to this week, but I still got a couple done. That's that's fine. Same with me. It was a lighter load for me this week, too. That being said, most of what I read, I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Same. And also, there was a Tom King book this week, too. <laughs> Which we'll get to. Which, oh, you better believe we'll get to, Matt. But we actually have a whole whole biggin' list here of news this week. There was actually a fair amount of topics, uh, mostly trailers. Mm. There were some big-ass trailers that dropped. Yeah, big trailers. Big, big. I guess we'll start off with probably the biggest one, the Mac Daddy, the one that finally came out after many people pissing and moaning, when's it coming out? When can we see it? I'm like, why? <laughs> why? Will the trailer for Avengers 4 make a big difference? Or are you really on the fence about whether or not you're going to see it? Yeah, you're going to see it regardless of the trailer. They could not release any trailer and you'd still go see the film. <laughs> if there was ever a movie, like they... like. Disney Marvel could just rock start. They like, okay, here's the trailer, comes out in a month. Yeah. Go fucking see it. And everyone would be like, okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, Mr. Disney. But yes, we got Avengers 4, officially titled Avengers Endgame. Yeah, I, and I like as well that they didn't reveal the title in the official trailer. Like, they just called, like, I think on the website, like, it was just called the Avengers trailer. Mm. And, you know, and they didn't reveal it until the end of the actual trailer, which was pretty cool. But then, of course, comic book websites and whatnot all just completely, like, fuck that up. What does it mean, Matt? What does Endgame mean, you think? It's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah, it means it might be the end of the game. <laughs> or at least the end for most of these actors. Yeah, yeah. But not all of them. At least the original ones, which, yeah, that's that's fitting. And yes, before people say, yeah, I probably would have enjoyed it too if they called it like the Thanos Imperative or the Infinity Crusade or something like that. But Endgame is fine too. yeah. Again, the title didn't matter that much. People were still going to see it regardless. They could call it yeah. Avengers 4, put your butt in the seat, asshole. Yeah, fuck you, give us money. <laughs> yeah, Avengers 4, you want to see what happened after the snap? Eh, eh. Yeah, Avengers 4, the search for more money. More mo Avengers 4, will this one make $2 billion? Let's see. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's actually talk about the trailer proper. It's pretty sad and pretty dour as you would imagine it would be when half the universe got blinked out of existence yeah it, it teases just that right amount where you don't know what the story will be but you kind of get a little bit of a hint about what it will be it'll obviously be the heroes trying to come back together after half the universe being blinked out of existence mm -hmm. i uh, i do love thanos just kind of still chilling on that tropical planet that he's on, he's made a scarecrow mm -hmm. out of his armor, and he's just walking through fields like friggin' Russell Crowe and Gladiator. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's set up a good business in the farming industries. He's taken over the farming industry he's, he's of the universe. He's literally become Farmer Thanos from the comics. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. I like it. We finally got there. We finally got to retired Farmer Thanos. Like, well, I did what I set out to do. <laughs> Gotta take up a new hobby now. Mostly I'm drinking. <laughs> Life's really boring after you blink everything out of existence or half of everything. Yeah. 
Uh, I guess the other two huge things, uh, we finally get to see Hawkeye make the transformation into Ronan. Yeah, that was cool. It's very obvious that his family uh, was was snapped. So I saw someone was like, "What if? What if it wasn't his family? What if his like bow and arrow got snapped?" Oh no, not my bow. <laughs> and no, my, my treasured possessions. <laughs> it, it's so cool that Ronan is a in the movie and b Ronan looks as badass as he does. Mm, yeah, he looks really cool. Looks really great. And I, I think, too, they managed to actually find a really solid reason as why Hawkeye should become Ronan. And that is, hey, he lost his family, probably, so he's in a darker, edgier mood. But also, hey, I'm sure with half of the universe blinked away on Earth, that's going to lead to a lot of chaos and a lot of crime. Mm-hmm. And they're going to need a hero out there to deal with this shit. Yeah, yeah, lots of lots of care, and he looks he looks like he's in I guess Japan or something, dealing with yakuza or something, which is cool. Yeah, always nice. I uh, I wonder too if it's like it's going to be a big moment when he's like, okay, I need to go back to being Hawkeye now, or if they'll just keep the Ronin suit around because that was always the best thing about Ronin in the comics. It was an up for grabs identity; anyone could just kind of have it if they needed it. Yeah. Well, I think maybe that he'll probably stay in the costume. Maybe, maybe near the end they'll they'll go back to the classic, classic Hawkeye costume. Maybe, maybe I, I I wish they went back to the one he had in, uh, was it Age of Ultron? The 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 coat. I like that one. That was a fun one. I like that one too. The uh, the other big takeaway from this is that the movie really seems to be saying, hey, remember Ant Man, the Avenger that never really was an Avenger, <laughs> but was, and who you never gave a lot of credit for because his movies were always kind of like you know palate cleansers in between the big ones. Well, what if we told you Ant Man Scott Lang was going to be the most important person ever? It, it kind of makes sense, though. Kind of, kind of makes sense. You know, he turns up there. He's got the the Econoline van that has that <laughs> quantum tunnel thing in that. So I'm guessing maybe that's how he gets back. Like somehow gets back through the that quantum tunnel that we saw at the end of Ant Man and the Wasp or something. But yeah, he's definitely going to be very important because because of that quantum time travel Damn. aspect. Since since we've seen set photos about what will happen with that. Which I'm very fascinated about, too, the prospects that this is going to be a time travel piece and that we're going to mm. revisit. Uh, almost like this movie is its own greatest hits collection of other awesome yeah. moments from the Avengers series over the last decade. Yeah, I actually had a theory that, like, because we see um, uh, Captain America in this trailer and he's he's got rid of the beard, he's back to, like, his normal hairstyle, but he's also wearing his Winter Soldier stealth suit. Oh. Um and I'm wondering if, like, oh, are they, is that, like, a scene where they're back in time and he's back in, like, Winter Soldier, like, that part of the timeline and he's he's got to pretend to be Steve of that part of the timeline? Oh, that'd be fun. To, to like, get somewhere or something? That'd be pretty cool. Kind of like on The Flash this week, which was also a time travel uh, mm. clip show episode where we have to walk back through our lives but also not make it look like we're from the future. <laughs> yeah yeah that was a good episode as well that was a good episode again it was a glorified clip show but it was a good yeah. solid premise for a clip show yeah yeah but and no um yeah well uh go ahead or no you go ahead i was done i was gonna say it looks really cool what they're doing with steve and i guess black widow that they're, they're sort of stuff since they seem to be like the only two around yeah or at least the only two shown in in the Avengers uh, facility, which is all overgrown and everything, which is really cool. Which, yeah, we're picking up with this an undetermined amount of time later. 
Yeah, uh, uh, long enough for grass to grow. <laughs> long enough for grass to grow, man, I tell you about it. Uh, I, I like Thor. Thor looks really sad and defeated because he no doubt blames himself for everything that went wrong with Thanos. Because it's like, man, if you just if you just hit a little higher, if you just tried <laughs> to cut his arm off instead of stab him in the chest, all of this would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see what his story is going to be like. That's going to be very interesting. The, the really cool thing is, like, obviously the... The Tony Stark part of the trailer, which is him recording a message on the Benatar about him probably gonna be dying. Yeah, him, him doing unless his own take someone rescues away. him, someone rescues him. Perhaps a captain was to rescue him from space. Maybe someone named Rescue rescues him. Oh, that'd be fun too. Actually, I'm okay with that. <laughs> well, we know we know Gwyneth Paltrow is going to be Rescue in this film. It's about goddamn time she gets a freaking suit, huh? Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I actually was thinking about it. I'd actually really like if, like, throughout the whole film, Tony Stark isn't with anyone else. Like, he's just on this ship on his own, and then that <laughs> that's like the end of his story. Like, he goes off into space. We don't know whether he dies or not. Like, we just see the ship just drift off into space, and he's just, like, left out there. And if, if Robert Downey wants to come back a little later on, yeah. he can come back. It's it's like, you know how you hear the trope of, like, oh, we'll put him on a bus. No, we put him on a ship, yeah. and then, you know, <laughs> yeah. a, a North Star onward till morning. We just did that thing to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, there's an alien race out there called the Stark that, you know, they found a bunch of his shit and wanted to basically become Tony Stark, so that would be fun. Oh, that'd be really cool. And then, like, the Guardians find that later, where it's like, oh, shit, it's Stark Planet. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Uh, but, yeah, that's the Avengers trailer. It's the Avengers, what more can you say? Yeah, it was the perfect little teaser. If you don't want to see any more trailers, you don't have to. No. This this one, way more than selling the plot and what's actually happening, it sold the tone and the emotion of mm -hmm. what's going on. Yeah, yeah, it's all there. Which sometimes that's all you need, and in fact, sometimes that's even better, because again, like we said, this is a movie that sounds like it's going to have time travel, and like new people mm -hmm. in armor, and like a bunch of other stuff that they probably don't want to spoil yet. No, no. Yeah. So, that was Endgame, which uh, I, I think ended up kind of eclipsing the other trailer that they had this week as well, <laughs> and that is, of course, uh, the first full trailer for Captain Marvel. Yeah, well, that, that's why they released Captain Marvel first. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you, you could release anything you wanted and it still would be eclipsed by Avengers. And, like, shit, it's hard to believe we're at that point now with Disney Marvel movies where it's like, hmm, our only other real competition is ourselves. Can we undercut ourselves? <laughs> Let, let's, let's find out by having these movies come out a month apart. Yeah, yeah, that's like another thing. Avengers date got moved up to like, like literally like three or four weeks after Captain Marvel. Yep, they just won't Jesus. They're, they're just gonna have us living in these movie theaters, Matt. That's all they want. Of us. <laughs> yeah, we we don't even get a break on Christmas with all these superhero movies. Hey, you get into the Spider Verse, <laughs> then you get Aquaman. Yeah, so close, but 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 but, but please, Mister Hollywood superhero machine, I want to spend time with my family. Fuck your family. <laughs> no, go go watch the adventures of spandexed individuals and undersea men. <laughs> you need it it's good for the economy <laughs> but yeah captain marvel i noticed uh, again and this is true in the comics and this is just true all over the place people weirdly have their knives out for captain marvel and i don't know why i know a lot of people even you matt 
were like, you know, oh, you know, was she meant to be this wooden? Was she meant to be, you know, this emotionless? Yeah, well, yeah, it's really weird, especially because, like, I I'd heard, like, people had seen the film, oh, seen, like, like snippets at, like, conventions and stuff, and they said, well, no, no, she's, like, really funny and everything. I'm like, well, m- m- maybe put some of that in the trailer as well, like, like do, like, the sort of, like, the the dynamic where it's like, oh, this is her as Carol, but this is her as as the decree-infected Verz or whatever her name is going right. to be. I, I'm of two minds on that. One, I think they're trying to sell her in the trailers, at least, being like, no, she's not your standard run-of-the-mill, uh, uh, jokey, quippy Marvel hero. You know, she's mm-hmm. she's a little drier. She's, you know, a little more standoffish and everything. Maybe that's not the case. I don't know. I didn't see the movie. But the other thing, and I can't take credit for this. Someone else mentioned this on Twitter. And they said, you know, hey... Uh, comic fans, nerds in general, what's Captain Marvel's personality? Because in the comics, they've <laughs> changed it numerous times in the last five to ten years. So what is even Carol's personality supposed to be anymore? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it, it Things. <laughs> Good point. I don't know what she's supposed to be like anymore. And maybe this is Marvel kind of doing what they did with Guardians, and that is, look we're basically going to reinvent it from the ground up and we're going to make it something new and her dynamic is going to be different. And you know what? Maybe that's Mm -hmm. what she needs and maybe that's something Mm -hmm. that can bleed over into the comics. I'm fine with that. I'm fine Mm -hmm. with someone taking a run at it. Yeah, that that would definitely be very interesting. Mm -hmm. Sam Jackson is pretty great in the trailer too. Yeah, yeah. Loves cats. <laughs> I I reckon that cat's gonna be the one to scratch out his eye. Oh, that's how it goes. No, th- that story he told in Winter Soldier totally a fake, totally a lie to yeah. make up for the fact that the cat's. <laughs> yeah, well, the the cat the cat is an alien, so I imagine it, it it's gonna have some issues in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I hope he, I hope he get does get his eye scratched out by the cat, and I hope he hams it up like in the spirit. <laughs> I got egg on my face. I got my eye out of my. <laughs> Head. Oh no! <laughs> but um, no, it, it, it like looks really cool. Like all the effects and everything with um Captain Marvel going binary and everything oh, looks yes. really cool. Yeah, they look to be honoring quite a few eras in her character. It's like, yeah, here's her kind of being binary, and here's her with the helmet, and here's her with all mm. this other stuff. That helmet looks really good, and it works nice. as well. Like I was afraid it wouldn't work, but it does. It does, and I like they got a reason for it. It's like, yeah, she's a soldier. She should have a helmet. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, selling a lot of more interesting stuff with the Kree and the Skrulls. I-, I heard an interesting theory on this, and in fact, this kind of dovetails with something we're going to talk about later. Someone had an interesting theory, and the fact that they keep stressing so hard in the trailers, oh, the, the Skrulls are evil, the Skrulls are bad, the Skrulls are the worst. Wouldn't it be something if they turned around in the movies and they're like, well, actually, the Skrulls aren't evil? I think they're going to do that. Like the the Kree are going to end up being the bad guys because that's kind of like how it is in the comics a little bit. Like you think like oh the Kree are kind of good, but then you're like oh no they did all this like evil shit to like the Inhumans and all yeah. this sort of stuff. But... The Kree have a lot of skeletons in their claws, and also the fact too that Ronan is supposed mm-hmm. is in the movie too. We know for a fact, and that would be something to see his turn from quote unquote good guy to quote unquote bad guy. Well, you know what would be really interesting it'd be it'd be cool if like he's kind of against all the shit the Kree do and and which kind of makes him the good guy but he still does eat like 
yeah evil evil shit and everything so it's kind of weird but yeah I, I like the idea that the the Kree are like the evil guys but i also like the idea that the the scrolls are evil so it's like one's just a little bit eviler than the other like they're no better than the scrolls or something yeah. or be like hey you know there's shades of gray here it's hard to paint mm. them all with the same brush yeah it's intergalactic politics man i tell ya <laughs> Look, I'm just saying in the wars in space, there's good and bad on both sides, is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, th there's a lot of bad scrolls up in there. We're going to build a wall around space, keep them all out. <laughs> and again, too, you know, having a more morally gray, you know, morally complex scroll uh, race for the movies actually kind of makes a bit of sense because there's a new book coming out from Robbie Thomas soon called We Are the Scrolls and it's basically, or no, Meet the Scrolls, sorry. And it's like a comedy take on a family of scrolls living on Earth. Yeah, yeah, that was quite interesting. And I, I, I was wondering, like, oh, is it going to be a comedy? Because the writer obviously did the recent Spider Man Deadpool books. Yes. So, like, yeah, it's like a weird comedy with the scrolls who just have like normal lives on earth and yeah th that's pretty cool i think that's what the marvel universe needs too because it's like here's the thing the marvel universe which is always like oh you know oh give give people second chances and we're stronger together and don't judge a book by a, their cover boy is the marvel universe cruel to scrolls <laughs> it really is venom gets to eat them and that's fine there was a team for a while called the scroll kill crew <laughs> that's just all <laughs> they did and, and it's like i don't i don't see you guys putting out an olive branch here to the scrolls i mean statistically they can't all possibly be evil sure the queen is pretty evil and a bunch of the super scrolls have been pretty evil but i mean they can't all be evil right <laughs> Also, too, this one seems to be playing into an idea that I have. I almost feel like I pitched this, and it's like, well, if Skrulls live on other world in hiding as, like, sleeper agents or whatever, then surely they must be, you know, like, Earthatized or Americanized or whatever you want to <laughs> say. What if what if there were some Skrulls who were like, nah, man, I don't want to conquer Earth. I like it here. All my friends are here. Yeah, it's pretty cool here. <laughs> yeah, they got TV and turduckins. <laughs> All the good shit. <laughs> Scrolls love turduckins. You didn't know that, but they're big fans of it. <laughs> On oh, the cheesecake factory, we don't got that in space. They they keep they keep the cheesecake factory open. They're the ones like funding it. <laughs> it's all a secret scroll conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, hey, did you did you mean you guys don't have cheesecake back on a uh, scroll homeworld? <laughs> yeah, we do, but it's a little different. Oh, really? What's the scroll version of cheesecake? Ah, super scroll just kicks you in the nuts. Oh. <laughs> I, I, this one's much better. <laughs> I can see why you like Earth. Yeah, I, I like it too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's your Captain Marvel scroll news there, everyone. But yeah, two two good trailers all in one week. Pretty exciting. Yeah. There's talk too, even that by the end of the week we might get Spider-Man as well. Yeah, yo, we're getting like all all the really good trailers. I just actually actually just saw a trailer uh, before we started this called was it Birth Burn or something? I can't remember what it oh, uh, exactly is called. The, the new James Gunn thing. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but everyone on my timeline's been talking about it. It's basically what if Super Superman was a serial killer. 
which is so god but uh, but it, but as a kid <laughs> which is so goddamn fucking hilarious to me where it's like hey James Gunn, please come and fix our Suicide Squad movie. We don't know how to do it. Okay, cool. Also, here's my other movie, which is totally making fun of the Zack Snyder Superman era <laughs> of movies where he's a weird standoff or serial killer. Yeah, the movie looks really great and actually looks pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. Sign me up for it. I'm down for it. I know some people were kind of mad too. Where it's like, hey, yeah, James Gunn, he's just directing it. He he didn't write it or do any of these other stuff. Can can people please give credit to the other? Oh, okay, <laughs> the action. Okay, you just love yeah. you just love Gun then. All right, that's fine. <laughs> well, it's like it's like into the Spider Verse. People don't seem to realize that Phil Lord and Chris Miller didn't direct that movie; they just wrote it. Yeah, but they're giving them credit for. Heck, I yeah. did it. I made that mistake. I assume they had to. Have. <laughs> uh, credit is important, everyone. Credit where credit is due. Also, hey, speaking of Spider Verse and speaking of Spider Man, we got to see the stealth spider suit. We did. It looks pretty cool. Looks a lot like the Spider-Man Noir suit. All he's missing is a trench coat and a hat. Mm, uh, we uh, we actually learned out why he has that suit as well. Oh, really? I didn't hear that. How come? Uh, so Peter goes overseas with his friends for like I guess like a sort of school trip sort of thing. And he leaves the he, he he leaves the Spider-Man suit at home because ah. uh, he he wants to take like a break from being Spider-Man after obviously Infinity War and Endgame and whatnot. Um, rig a new one. No, no, Nick Fury gives it to him. Oh shit! Even better. Because Nick Fury needs to help needs help defeating a stone and water villain. Oh, Hydro Man. I I guess so. I'm not too sure. And apparently, Mysterio ends up defeating them. He ends up playing the hero. Oh, so they're really reimagining him almost as much as they reimagine the Vulture. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Sounds really cool. I, I was hearing too. They're saying there that like Mysterio might also be like a like a like a supportive father figure to Peter at first before he becomes a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's going to be kind of mentoring Peter or something. Poor, poor Peter Parker, man. Every older man that takes an interest <laughs> in his life and tries to yeah. be a positive role model turns out to be evil. <laughs> also, Happy Hogan is dating Aunt May. Oh, that's fun. I like that. <laughs> Good on you, John Favreau. <laughs> man, just everything's coming up John Favreau these days. Isn't it? Ooh, I get to date Marissa Tomei in these movies, and oh, look, I'm doing the Star Wars now. <laughs> oh, look, I just made Lion King. Yeah, oh, Oh shit look at me everything's coming up fabric man you go back and you watch bottle rocket like if you could travel back 20 <laughs> years and be like that man's gonna be one of the biggest most powerful dudes in hollywood in 20 years yeah i'm the one responsible for the marvel cinematic universe <laughs> the sidekick in bottle rocket be like oh fuck off <laughs> no he's not that'd be like if you're like hey you know josh gad in movies now yeah he's uh he's gonna be pope in the next 20 years <laughs> he's gonna bring peace to the middle east 20 years <laughs> what that funny fat guy yep that's him he's gonna do it <laughs> you wait and see <laughs> we thank the holy gad for bringing peace to the middle east <laughs> and making taco tuesday a recognized holiday around the world <laughs> a mandatory holiday mandatory <laughs> under fear of decapitation <laughs> you will celebrate taco tuesday all all peoples of all the world you can, you can put anything you want on the tacos but you must have tacos every tuesday <laughs> <laughs> 
now, uh, from there to another thing they got cooking, uh, DC, man, they're just, they're just developing movies all over the place. We heard about Zatanna and Blue Beetle last week. Well, apparently they're also developing a Plastic Man movie as well. I will only believe this movie is getting made when the cameras roll. The same with Shazam. The minute I see that that we're starting filming, that's the only time I'll believe that. And even then, I'll still be like, eh, it might get released. <laughs> it might. They might lose the film somewhere. It might all catch fire. <laughs> I, again, we're, we're sorry, Warner Brothers. We're sorry, DC. But you guys have a bad problem with that. That you know, if, if anything bad could happen, it would happen. Like, oh no, lightning struck the development truck and erased the <laughs> whole movie. Oh no, a crazy Zack Snyder got in the film and destroyed it all. <laughs> Zack Snyder, he's just in the duck work at the DC offices. Get out of there, Zack! <laughs> no, no, bro, I'm not gonna go, bro, you can't make me leave! <laughs> Call animal control! <laughs> it's over! <laughs> Zack Snyder released a bunch of hungry dogs on the back lot and ate all the <laughs> costumes. <laughs> uh, if I can't do it, no one can do it, bro! <laughs> <laughs> no DC heroes for anybody. Christmas is canceled. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Plastic Man. I've always liked Plastic Man. I've always liked Elo Brian. I, I I lift an eyebrow though about them doing a movie now. It's like, but is an elongated man on TV just Plastic Man? I was just about to say that they've already got a Plastic Man on TV. He's he's not playing. You know, uh, Ralph Dibney on there. Yeah. He's playing. Pat O'Brien. Are they are, are they gonna fuck it around for this one and be like, oh, this plastic man in the movie Elo Brian actually has a wife and they get into murder she wrote style adventures and they're actually oh, super mel. It's like, God damn it, you you mixed up your stretchy characters. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, I like a lot of people too are being like, Oh, you know, Plastic Man, if it works, it could be much needed comedy relief and much needed, you know, being a foil to the more serious heroes in the DC universe, and then I raise my hand, I'm like, did you already forget about Shazam? Yeah, Shazam, and even, like, Aquaman's a bit funny. Hmm. Uh, you've seen it, I have, <laughs> and yeah. I'll take your word on for it. Also, Harley <laughs> Quinn, is she not also supposed to be comedic relief in this? Okay. No, 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 she can't be. No, she no. can't be. Just be serious, serious clown woman. <laughs> I'm a serious clown woman who don't need no man except for what I do. <laughs> hey, all, all, all you serious clown women out there, we, we respect you and your rights to be clowns. <laughs> Just, you know, stop hanging out in forests and everything. Scaring the shit yeah, did, out of us. Did, did you hear, like, apparently for, like, the, the, the new movie Harley Quinn's in birds of prey or whatever the fuck it's yeah. called um uh, apparently they're gonna get rid of all of harley's tattoos really because or apparently there's like a as a rumor but apparently that um uh hamada guy in charge of wb right. has basically said like oh would dc movies anything the director wants is canon in the continuity if they don't want it they can just throw it out if they want to keep it you can keep it <laughs> I mean, that's probably the best thing to do. Right. I mean, <laughs> what a way to start a cinematic universe. I, I mean, if you don't like it, you don't like it. I mean, as it stands right now, they probably do need to throw some things out, so I could appreciate that. But I'm like, you're you, you, you're going to stop that, right? They're not going to be allowed to keep doing that because that seems like that's going to cause a lot of problems. <laughs> a lot of problems. Apparently, the, the the actress who plays Lois Lane doesn't even know if she's going to be in these movies anymore. Of course not. 
hey, hey, you know how, like, in all these other things, you know, Bruce Wayne, he's an industrialist? Well, I don't really like that, so in this one, he's going to be a baker. <laughs> yeah, a baker mogul. Mm. <laughs> he's caught in the bread market. Make, makes Batman-themed bread, you know, they're little bats and everything. All the kids love them. They're made of Hawaiian sweet rolls. <laughs> also, Batman is now Hawaiian. Okay. <laughs> a big Hawaiian dude. I, does that mean Bruce? No, no, no. Bruce is still a white guy, but Batman is Hawaiian now. <laughs> he, he turns into a Hawaiian man. He turns into a big Hawaiian. And he, he was bit by a Hawaiian fruit bat. Bit by a radioactive Hawaiian fruit bat that gave him amazing bat powers and also the ability to play the ukulele like a fucking boss. And 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 bake really well. Mm. Yes, these these are his powers. He he can also sing a really sad rendition of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. <laughs> and people love it. <laughs> and me, I'm just like I've heard worse ideas. Hey, if it works, it works. If it works, it works. You know, maybe maybe 2019 is the time where we need Hawaiian Batman more than ever. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's what we will need to heal as a nation and come together. <laughs> Hawaiian Baker Batman. <laughs> he will bring all all races and religions and oh, credos together. <laughs> under Pope Josh Gad and Hawaiian <laughs> Batman, the world will be saved. <laughs> Uh, you know, this is funny because this is just the sort of humor you could expect from a Plastic Man movie, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, too, Plastic Man, interesting, but I agree with you, Matt. Until I see the first trailer, until I see them filming, I don't believe it. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah, it'll just go in that, that pile with all the, uh, that growing, ever-growing pile of all these other movies that, that are getting made uh, before they even... They announce these movies before they even announce, oh, we're going to do another Superman movie. Oh, we might do a Batman movie. We don't know yet. Because even just to me as a fan, like a Plastic Man movie sounds like a good idea in your head and looks good on paper, but when it actually comes time to make it, you're like, eh, fuck. Yeah, what do we do? Because, like, let me ask you this. Who does Plastic Man fight? Who, who are any of his yeah. villains? Who are any of his supporting but characters? Yeah. You don't What's his drive? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what is his drive? Again, see, you don't know. Most of you listening to this are fans, and you know your stuff, but I bet most of you, even under pressure, like, gun to your head, couldn't tell me anything about <laughs> Plastic Man. Because, again, we like Plastic Man when he shows up in things. He's a great comedic yeah. oil. Uh, Justice League Action, I thought, used him to great effect, where he just comes in, and he sounds like Paul Lind. Yeah, yeah, Injustice used him really well because he he wasn't particularly a character. He was a plot device. Yeah. Um, he was needed for a specific thing, but you, you don't make a whole two-hour movie about that. <laughs> Same with Dark Knight's Metal. He was a plot device there, too. Yeah, yeah. He, he can either be comedic relief or a plot device. Yeah, he can't be a main character. I mean, he kind of can but even that's rough, too, because, like, all the stories I can think of Plastic Man are just his origin story. Gail Simone did a version recently, which I actually wasn't a fan of, which I hate to say because I love Gail Simone so much, and it was just his origin again. Yeah, yeah, all, like, all the interesting stuff happens before he gets the powers. Yeah, that he's a reformed criminal who gets a bunch of chemicals spilt on him so he can stretch so he becomes a hero, but the other heroes don't trust him. Again, that's, yeah. that's like one movie's worth of material. Mm, yeah. It's like, what else does he have? I uh. <laughs> uh, Now, what else do we have going on here? Oh, 
Another movie that, uh, again, isn't even in development. It's slated. This is this is going to happen now. This is coming down the pipeline. And we know, because when they say this, we know these are happening. Shang-Chi, the master of kung fu, is going to be the next thing for Marvel now, they've already said. Yeah, well, this is Marvel Studios, and I tend to believe them more than, you know, DC, because they actually have a plan. Mm-hmm. Not announcing 20 fucking films a week. <laughs> I mean, they have a track record, and also the last... The only time they said something would be a movie and didn't become a movie was in Humans, and that became a TV yeah. show, and even then, the only reason that probably happened was because they knew they were going to get the X-Men back. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, when I heard this Shang-Chi news, all I can think is like, oh, somewhere somewhere in a New York loft, <laughs> Danny Rand cries himself to sleep, but I'm really good at Kung Fu. Hey, it'd be the perfect movie to introduce a movie Danny Rand. It would be. I would... I was going to say, I'd hate to recast, but I'm like, no, I wouldn't actually recast the fuck out of Iron Fist. I'd hate if they recasted the other ones. I don't give a shit about Finn Jones. Yeah, yeah, just recast him. Recast him. Again, he never takes the mask off. You just see the yellow thing. Hey there, Kung Fu buddy, bye. (laughs) But yeah, uh, Chang-Chi is interesting because, again, it's like, hey, I don't know if you know this from like a cold, cynical movie uh, studio point of view, but... uh, China loves movies, and they spend, oh fuck do they ever? And they spend lots of money on movies, so it's really kind of a no brainer. Where it's like, okay, who do we have? Who's Chinese and a superhero? Oh, Chang Chi. Okay, we should make something out of Shang Chi then, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a no brainer, and it's also like a genre that Marvel hasn't tackled, uh, yet. tackled yet, like kung fu movies. Yeah, let's do a kung fu movie. Yeah, I'm that'd I'm, be awesome. I'm all for this, and also, too, uh, something that I think bodes very well for this movie when people are saying, like, okay, who should play Shang-Chi? And I heard, like, a million different amazing choices for Chinese actors and international film actors who I've never even heard before, and they all look great, and they can all do their own stunts and their own fight (laughs) choreography, and I'm like, fucking okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and then everyone's like, keep Louis Tran away from this role. Yeah, he can... Ooh, back, back off, sir. And I and I agree. Yeah, keep it away. Uh, I actually heard hey. some some people too when they were pitching directors. It's like, oh, can can Gareth Evans do this? Can the Raid guy do this? And I'm like, oh, Ooh. that'd be great. But also, I think much like Black Panther, I think they want to keep this an entirely uniquely Asian project. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that we're gonna end up with um like a like an Ang Lee or someone or maybe maybe a big like uh Chinese movie uh movie director or something who's directed like all their all their big kung fu films or something. Yeah, get to, uh get the dude who did Ip Man. Oh yeah, uh, what's his, his name? His name escapes me, but I, yeah. I bet he could do that shit in his sleep where he's like I've already written it. I've already, it's already done. <laughs> we got Donnie Yen here. There you go. It's done. I've done it. Man, you know, again, I I'm I'm glad you mentioned Ang Lee there, Matt, cuz I heard a lot of people mention Ang Lee and I'm like, man, that would be such a fucking Marvel move to be like, hey, he did the Hulk movie no one liked, and then all these years later, we got him back, and he launched the biggest Chinese hero of all time. Could happen. It could happen. It could very much happen, and again, much like I'm sure Ang Lee would do, it's like, oh, and I made it kind of art house too. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, you had some nice color palettes there and everything, you told you told a story <laughs> with colors and everything. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> it's, it's very Raise the Red Lantern. Uh, Actually, hey, does does Jet Li direct 
he he directed uh what was it fearless mm. or something I, I feel like he directed yeah. one of his own movies like he pulled a clint eastwood and he directed a wushu movie i really enjoyed was it called fearless or undefeated oh god what was it? it was really good he plays uh he, he plays like a kung fu master who's a dickhead later in life and he has to like go away and like learn humility and come back and it's really solid uh, he's directed one film back in 1986. Really? Oh, God, I thought he directed yeah. it. Okay, maybe he didn't direct. Maybe he just produced it. Maybe he produces. Yeah. But yeah, that that was a good. Get, get the guy who did that. That was a good one. Joel likes that one. There's again, there's <laughs> there's a world of possibility for Ch- uh, Shang Chi. Although something that often gets uh, brought up in this and that is, will Disney be willing to deal with the whole uh, you know can of worms that is Shang's father, Fu Manchu? Mm, I think I think if they do, they'll probably pull like an ancient one sort of thing with it. I I had a pitch, and I'm like, just say his dad's the Mandarin. Ooh, that'd be cool. Because a, you get the Mandarin back in this now. You know the the re- quote unquote real Mandarin you were teasing. You get to scoot around. You know the implied racism issue of Fu Manchu, and also you get to scoot around the other way the rights issue because Disney does not own the rights to Fu Manchu. Mm-hmm. Someone else owns the rights to Fu Manchu, the the family of the guy who wrote the original story. And God, goddamn, Fu Manchu is just so amazingly weird because he's he's a totally racist caricature of a Chinese man written by someone who had never been to China and never met any <laughs> Chinese people. <laughs> well, you, you know what you do? You go like, yes, that was like a persona, but like it was one that was embellished. Right, right. Over the years, like it was never like a real thing, but it was like some type of embellishment by like the the east or the west or something, you right. know. They, they got my character wrong. Yeah, yeah, because I've never been seen or something. Right. There's also some other characters you could pull up too. Uh, the Yellow Claw is another guy who is a total Fu Manchuish dude mm-hmm. that Marvel owns the rights to. There's places they can go with this, although. Part of me almost wants them to use Fu Manchu because, as we saw with Ryan Coogler and the Man Ape in Black Panther, where it's like, "Hey, you can reclaim anything if you're good enough, and you can actually yeah. make it awesome. You can do it." Yeah, yeah. And I also just kind of like the weird idea of Fu Manchu existing in the Disney Marvel universe. Because <laughs> <laughs> again, there's a whole series of Fu Manchu movies out there. Nicolas Cage was Fu Manchu. <laughs> in, a, in, in a Rob Zombie trailer for Grindhouse, but still it counts. <laughs> no one can tell me it doesn't count. <laughs> and hey, speaking of weird-ass pulp heroes potentially joining the Marvel Universe, that's an excellent segue. Uh, they they spilled the beans this week. Uh, Avengers No Way Home is going to be starting soon, and they said that they were going to be bringing back a character, much in the same way they brought Hulk back. Uh, for no surrender, and they they let it slip, Matt. They let it slip. Who that character is gonna be? They did, and it's gonna be Conan. Conan the goddamn barbarian is coming back <laughs> to the Marvel fold, and I say back because Marvel used to own the comic rights to Conan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he is actually coming back, <laughs> and that just a world of ideas open up in my head. Where it's like, okay, how are they gonna explain this? It's it's definitely going to be something very interesting. It's even more interesting because I know Jim's up, like, because people had like concerns, like, oh, this is what's going to happen with this. He did say that like this is going to be 
it's going to be in the same continuity, but it's going to be separate from Jason Aaron's run. Like Jason Aaron's runs really self-contained, no crossovers or anything. It's doing its own thing. Whereas this one, this is like current year Conan, you know, this is Conan in 2019 where he's joining the Avengers and stuff. Whereas that one's its own story, probably set in the past. Just such insanity. Conan is is potentially going to be joining the Avengers, which also begs the question, does that mean they could use him in the movies down the line? Just Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) shows up as King Conan in the next Avengers. Oh, God. (laughs) That'd be interesting. Uh, Because Schwarzenegger says he's been trying to make that King Conan movie forever now. Yeah, now Marvel Studios is King Conan. (laughs) Marvel Studios presents King Conan. (laughs) Oh my god, that would be... Because it's like, you think of a character who is so very un-Disney and Conan the Barbarian comes to mind. He's always killing or fucking or (laughs) kill-fucking. In his high fantasy adventures. (laughs) Oh, but I'm really interested to see how... When does this this event start? It starts in the new year, doesn't it? Yes, I think early next year. Okay, yeah, I'm really interested, especially because, like, it's not all the normal avengers not your iron man your thors and everything oh, yeah. it's like it's like the backup team or like hercules voyager and all these like kind of like b c d list characters which which in fairness so was no surrender but no surrender kind of tricked you where it's like oh yeah it's all the avengers on all the teams together yeah but all the triple a guys got frozen mm-hmm but it's everybody. But you know, you're but you're following Lightning though, and Living Lightning's gonna be the coolest guy. <laughs> Which was really clever action. One of the things I really loved about No Surrender. They they trick you in the best way. Yeah. Also, too. Hey, yeah. What's what's up with Voyager now? Getting to see her come back. Yeah, that's gonna be really cool. Maybe yeah. she's the reason they can get Conan. That's true, because she can teleport anywhere. It. Is Conan actually there? Because she can put memories in people's heads. That's true. She's just a big fan of the movie. <laughs> yeah, she's a big Conan fan. Big we Conan. need him on the Avengers. Oh, he doesn't exist. Oh, make everyone believe he does. <laughs> he does now. <laughs> well, geez, if you're just making characters who can come join. Hey, can Rambo come join? He sure can. <laughs> what about Rocky? That's the same dude, but okay. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, give us John McClane now. G- give us the version of Expendables we wanted, not the crappy movie versions we got. <laughs> give us the versions where it's just the characters. <laughs> can we have Mickey Rourke? Oh, you sure can. It's just Mickey Rourke summons. <laughs> yeah, it's not, he's not even playing a character. He's just Mickey Rourke. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm Mickey Rourke. What's, what's up with you? I'm a real weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I, I could take you in a fight. I, I mean, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to try, but because like, if I beat up Mickey Rourke, I'm beating up an old man at this point, and that's not good. <laughs> but if I get my ass kicked by a Mickey Rourke, I'm never going to live that down. <laughs> it's just a lose-lose proposition, a fight with Mickey Rourke. <laughs> I don't want to do that none. You know, apparently uh, when he was uh, researching for that role, the wrestler, he picked a fight with Chris Jericho, the podcaster and former wrestler from Winnipeg. And doesn't surprise me. Chris Jericho tells an amazing story where he's like, yeah, I had to, like, go around him in the car park because I was pretty sure him and his roadies were going to try and beat me up. <laughs> oh, that Mickey Rourke. What a, what a character. What a card. 
But uh, yeah, from there we got another piece of news here, and I think, Matt, this uh, this is something that'll relate to you, and actually a chance for me to actually give a little bit of insider information that I know. Uh, is Matt Fraction going to be writing a Lex Luthor book for the uh, for the DC Black Label? Oh, I hope so. I hope so. I heard this rumor like, oh, yes, please. Yes. This has been kicked around. That's the rumor. And I mean, I mean, Black Label has to put out a second issue of anything first before I'll get really excited about this. Oh, damned. Batman damned is meant to come out this week. Or did that get pushed back? (laughs) I have no. It might have. I don't know. Until it's in my hand. I don't know. Uh, There was more dicks in it. Yeah. Oh, no. There were more dicks in the margins. We forgot. Push it back. Push everything back. (laughs) push it back forever (laughs) but yeah that's really cool mainly because i haven't actually read anything from matt fraction in a really long time and i'd be interested to see Mm. him come back yeah the last thing i read was his hawkeye run likewise it feels like it's been forever and uh, plus two uh his his wife is working at dc right now so you know maybe she held the door open for him a little bit and like hey get in here write something yeah bendis probably helped as well that you know? too again there's a big changing of the guard where it's like hey what if i could get you some dc work yeah what what, what did you want to write yeah uh luthor maybe sure why not black label we can, <laughs> you can do whatever you want yeah that would be very interesting and i'd like to see if he does what he did with hawkeye but with lex luthor now let me blow your mind on this one because i had it on very good authority uh, not too long ago that Matt Fraction was indeed going to be writing something for DC, but uh, it was before Black Label was announced, and it wasn't about uh, Luthor, it was about Jimmy Olsen, actually. Ooh. That Fraction had a Jimmy Olsen pitch for DC that they were going to turn into something. Now this, the same person who told me this, also told me about Bendis writing Young Justice before Young Justice uh, got announced. Ooh, interesting. So this person's information has been very solid. But then I thought to myself, like, well, maybe this Luthor book and the Jimmy Olsen book are the same thing. What if his black label pitches? What if Jimmy Olsen became Lex Luthor? Or better yet, what if Jimmy Olsen was investigating Lex Luthor? That too. That way you could do both. It's the best of both worlds. Yeah, and it's written like well, like an investigative journalist sort of thing. Mm. I'm all That'd be pretty cool. I accept it. again. Don't don't be shocked if this one actually turns out to be real. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. And maybe the reason they haven't announced it yet is that they thought they'd be further along in Black Label than they actually yeah. were. Well, they're they're they're, uh, they're checking to see if there's any dicks dicks in it. Is it a Jimmy Dick? Lex Dick? <laughs> Lex Dick. Who's whipping it out? Someone's whipping it out in this book. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, all right, now, Matt, we really love what you're doing here, but uh, why is it on page 63, Jimmy Olsen's hands become five dicks for no reason? <laughs> Artistic choice. Oh, well, okay, then. <laughs> can, can he maybe wear, like, gloves or something? Or... <laughs> oh, man, man, you know, this book is great. Why is Jimmy Olsen wearing gloves in half of it? Oh, because his hands turned into penises at that point. <laughs> And it's like they they did a did a rush job, so it's just like his hands have just been colored in black. It says like, why do they look so bad? I post stuff. <laughs> this, they didn't like the way I was going with him, you know. <laughs> this, this was our compromise that he had to wear gloves over his dick hands. Yeah, yeah. why does his hands look like Mickey Mouse hands? <laughs> oh, hello, Luther. <laughs> slap, 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 slap. <laughs> and that's how Jimmy Olsen defeated Lex Luthor with his dick hands. 
<laughs> and there was much rejoicing, and Superman didn't know what to make of it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that's that potential news, everyone. And uh, the last story we have to talk about uh, actually came out of the Game Awards, which uh, I said I wasn't going to watch, but I ended up watching it anyway because it was on and everyone was tweeting about it. But uh, they finally announced Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, long, long-awaited game, but with a little twist and a little caveat, and that is it's going to be exclusive to the Switch. God damn it. I was so hyped, and then I saw that, and I'm like, oh, god damn it. It's a system I don't have and Same. don't particularly want to buy. In, in other news, uh, Joel put an, uh, a Nintendo Switch on his Amazon wish list this year. <laughs> as soon as the news dropped, Joel started pricing Switches. <laughs> It does look good, though. I'm not going to lie. It lo- again, it looks yeah. like the old games, but with new modern tech making everything just look way better. Yeah, it, it, it looks really cool. It looks like, the, like the, the roster of characters that we at least saw in the trailer were really cool, like Inhumans, X-Men, Avengers, mm-hmm. all these really cool characters uh, who we haven't seen in games for a long time. No, not together we haven't. Even the last Marvel no. vs. Capcom is like, no X-Men. Yeah. X-Men don't exist here anymore. Oh, we got the rights back. They totally exist. Put Wolverine in stuff. <laughs> Not only that, but Wolverine in his classic uh, yellow and blue as well. Yeah. So looking like he's always looked and hasn't looked in a while. Mm-hmm. That's pretty refreshing. Uh, also, Thanos and the Black Order are going to be the bad guys. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, of course. It's more cosmic because really everything in Marvel is more cosmic these days. Mm-hmm. And you know, because this is coming out in the modern age of gaming, there will be a steady stream of DLC characters, I can only imagine. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Which, hey, if they handle this as well as they handled that uh, Zelda Dynasty Warriors game, I think will be well taken care of. Oh yeah, they, I, I just hope they don't go overboard with it, where it's like, all these characters are like coming out launch, but you have to pay for them. Yeah, I mean, they're going to make some money off, and I'm sure they are. I can, mm-hmm. I, can, I can see it now, though. If they're smart, they do it in packs. Or like, hey, it's the street-level pack. You get your Daredevil, your Luke Cage, your Jessica Jones in one pack. And then, hey, you know, it's your magic pack. So you get your Doctor Strange and your Wiccan mm-hmm. and your magic and everything. Yeah. Release them in packs. And then you got your anti-hero pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think they will do that, but the problem is I think they're going to do too many at once, yeah. maybe. I mean, I trust them to do the right thing, but, you know, this is, you know, 2019 gaming mm-hmm. industry, which, you know, has to monetize everything. Also, you mean to tell me I can play this on a plane? <laughs> That's my thing. Whoa, whoa, so you mean to tell me I can take all the Avengers with me on a plane? <laughs> yes. All right, saving my pennies for the goddamn Switch. <laughs> Obviously, I want the colorful one. I don't want the monochromatic one. I want the one that's blue and the one that's red. I don't want the gray ones. I'm not an animal. <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm a human who likes colorful things and be reminded I'm playing a toy. <laughs> Actually, it's it's funny. Uh, you're talking about modern gaming there and young people. My uh, my My nephew... He uh, he wants a PlayStation 4 this year. You know, he was really uh, badgering his mother about it. But he didn't, like, I assumed it's like, oh, you want to play the new Spider-Man? Or like, oh, you want to play any of these other games? His mom doesn't let him play M for Mature games or even, like, anything that's, uh, like, like too gratuitous. No, he wants yeah. it for Fortnite, of course. 
Oh, gee, and too gratuitous. Oh, Fortnite. Fortnite. You mur- murder everyone and to become a winner. Yeah, but, it, but it's cartoony violence. Nobody bleeds. It's fine. <laughs> also, there's planes now. You learn about aviation. <laughs> I, th- I think the... the what is it? The popularity of Fortnite may, truly makes me feel like an old man where I'm like, I, I don't have the reflexes nor time for this anymore. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I keep seeing shit about it and I'm like, no, no, yeah, you young kids and your your flosses and whatever the fuck it's called. And... Yeah. Well, okay, well, what was the thing that made me laugh? It was a bad joke, but it made me laugh. <laughs> it was a bu- it, I, I think you might have retweeted it. It was people... Uh, it was a bunch of kids in a cafeteria, and they were doing, like, the Minecraft dances that they had, like, completely memorized. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, wow, it's that big, huh? And then the tweet directly under it said something to the effect of, this is why we need to bring bullying back. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, 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 that hurts, but also, eh. <laughs> Also, like, man, I'm glad I got out of school when I did, because I, I ain't going to be doing no <laughs> Minecraft dances. You kids get off my lawn. Yeah, you go dance somewhere else. Yeah, need to go earn some money, Red Dead Online. Need to, need to get some pelts. <laughs> I need to hunt for 60 hours to buy a hat. I, uh, what is it? If uh, I, I actually got, like, my... 250 uh reparation dollars that rockstar was doing it's like hey here's your reparation money everyone here's 15 bars of gold go go spend that yeah go buy a sombrero for five gold bars yeah i know i i i I, I bought a suit i bought a suit with it so i can be a fancy man and i bought my val kilmer mustache beard combo (laughs) i haven't bought anything with it yet i'm so Probably a saving smart. it until the actual release. <laughs> Probably a smart idea. The thing that gets me is the leveling thing, where it's like, cool, I can get any weapon I want now. No, no. <laughs> but 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 why do the more expensive weapons unlock at lower levels, but I can't get the cheaper weapons until I am a higher level? Because that's how we built it, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you want a second holster? You got to be level three hundred. <laughs> yeah, like 44 for a second holster. Like, but dual wielding is such a big part of the main game. You ain't playing the main game, motherfucker. <laughs> You're playing bikers online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like that micro. Micro, transa- micro transactions. They're not micro transactions. They're micro transactions. You have to go talk to that asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll be he'll be slightly racist to you, a little threatening, but you'll get what you want. <laughs> that's that's the twist. You know why? Why is Red Dead Online so cruel? Because Mike is running it. <laughs> that, that's the twist. It's just him running the whole thing. Him and his shitty walrus mustache. <laughs> oh, that'll be 15 bars of gold, partner, for that. But 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 it's just it's just a duster coat. It should be cheap. No. Yeah, I'm gonna go shoot up a town. Yeah, now get me my pistol. Why is it every time I hang out with you, Michael, we end up killing an entire town? This is bullshit. <laughs> dirty rat bastard <laughs> uh but uh enough about that yeah that's that's the news for this week everyone some uh some pretty good topics all things considered yeah and uh from there we can talk about what we read this week didn't read a bunch but i was really happy with what i did read same same i had like one bad comic yeah so uh where do we want to start on this one matt uh let's start with doomsday clock yes let's this 
This issue probably had the least to do with the actual overarching storyline about the Watchmen and the big mystery and what's going on, and yet this might actually have been my favorite issue. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure why it was delayed a whole week. Um, I have no idea, but yeah, it, it was um, it was really good. Shit actually happened. It took yes. them, you know, seven or eight issues, but stuff is finally happening. Yes, the, the slow boil has happened, and now shit is boiling. Yeah, and, and that shit is, is, is firestorms causing trouble in, in Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, with president, uh, uh, president not named, but is clearly Putin. Yeah, he's clearly drawn as Putin. I love that, where it's like, really, guys, you're going to draw a guy who looks just like him, but you're not going to have the balls to say his name. Yeah, right. yeah. Just if you're just going to do that, just do, like, no-name Russian guy. Yeah, have nondescript guy. Don't, don't go for topicalness if you're not going to go all the way on it. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 a fun story. If Firestorm screws up in Russia, and Superman has to clean up his mess, and we learn a lot about uh, the state of metahumans in this world, we actually get to see Black Adam's refuge for metahumans. Yeah, yeah, his, his Kandak refuge where all the mostly villain metahumans live. Yeah, but not all. You know, he says he's letting in refugees yeah. from all over the place. The the scene I love to death, and it actually made me laugh, and I never thought I'd laugh reading Doomsday Clock. It's the bit mm-hmm. where, where Superman is like, oh, you know, Firestorm, I, I gotta talk to him, I gotta work this out, you know, I'm gonna fly to Kondok with super speed, with, you know, fire in my eyes, and he gets there, and Giganta is there and stops him, and he looks up at Giganta, and he stops flying, and he just starts walking, he's like, okay. <laughs> I know where I am now, I can just be, I, I'm not gonna start shit. <laughs> Alright, giant lady, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Black Adam making a lot of solid points in this issue too, where yeah. where Superman's like, oh, and and Black Adam, I swear, if you're if you're harboring Firestorm and getting involved in the in the events of other nations, I'm gonna be really mad, Mister. And Black Adam's like, what? You mean like you're doing right now? Yeah, you do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, he, he basically just motherfucks Superman. He's like, hey, you fucking <laughs> hypocrite. <laughs> Yeah, you do it all the time. It's super like, yeah, well, I I don't kill people, so yeah. Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah. Black Adam's like, I don't see you taking in Syrian refugees. I don't see you building a utopia where metahumans and non-metahumans can live uh, in harmony. <laughs> no, that was all me. But but I'm the bad guy, though. Yeah, I, ha- I I'm the one who's the villain. Yeah, because my name is Black Adam. It's not Nice Guy Adam. <laughs> Not super Adam. <laughs> but yeah, th- that's super fun. Y- you feel really bad for Firestorm in this issue because he does a bad thing and then he just comes apart at the seams for the rest of the issue. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of going crazy and it's I, th- there's like a heap of theories about that. Like, Because obviously we get um that, that Russian hero who's like a shadow kind of like f- phases through him. And, like, suddenly Dr. Stein is gone from his mind, so it's literally just Robbie in there, and usually it's both of them, and it's, like, because of that is his powers, because usually it's two minds, and the power's too much for him, and that's why he exploded, and... People people who are more Firestorm experts than me, too, saying that he shouldn't be able to manipulate organic matter, but here he is. Yeah, like, and, and then, like, well, at the end of this, we get kind of a reveal that that's not firestorm but again that's something that could be it has many theories is it does did batman mean that's someone posing as firestorm 
is the explosions not made by Firestorm, but made to look like it was made by Firestorm? Exactly. Is the end... Like, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people got very heavy into, like, punctuation, where they're like, no, mm. he, Batman isn't saying, that's not Firestorm. He's saying, that's not Firestorm's doing in what's happening yeah. right now. Also, the explosion is big and blue like Dr. Manhattan as well. Yeah, and also we had, like, we only got, got him in two scenes, one at the, the which is which is actually really cool because he was the first panel and he was the last panel, and it's Ozymandias breaking into the White House or something. It's and really, then last, it's really easy these days. They leave the door unlocked and the windows open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the last panel, it seemed to imply that he might have been in Russia because there was, like, a, a set of, that like, Russian soldier's armor on the chair behind him, and maybe that was his doing. Probably. Like he put like put like a Doctor Manhattan tachyon or something on Firestorm or something. They seek to be implying that he's trying to recreate what he did in the Watchmen universe, and that is if I can yeah. create a big enough catastrophe, the world will come together in peace. Even though clearly that didn't work, because by the 1990s the Watchmen universe was fucked when the secret was yeah. revealed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, lots of really cool stuff happening in this issue, and and oh, oh, as well, we get like Lois investigating the JSA. Finally, yeah, well, and she does has no idea who they are, but we we actually get to see them as well. That's for nice. a split second. <laughs> On a strange flash drive, I love that she puts it into her computer, and she's like, I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> <laughs> Which which is such a great punchline to be like, oh, someone messed with my desk. Oh, someone left me a mysterious flash drive. <laughs> I don't know who these JSA people are. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I I really like Doomsday Clock number eight. Again, it's probably the most self-contained. I like it because Superman finally got to get involved after eight issues. Yeah, yeah, he's finally getting involved. They finally. I wonder if that like I know we theorized in the in the past like oh this is probably because of like rebirth ending into Dio coming, but I'm wondering if maybe that's like they had to rework his role like Superman's role in it because they're like oh fuck Bendis is doing all this other shit and we've got to rework it from that basically. <laughs> It could very well be possible, because again, issue one of this sought to imply that Dr. Manhattan killed Superman's parents during the new film, yeah. too, and that's why he got all dark and gritty for a minute. Yeah, the, yeah, that's like why the, the, the new 52 happened, because he, you know, played with the universe and made it darker and more watchman and whatnot, but yeah, that nothing's come back to that. Nope. Nothing's come back to that. Nope, I... Again, I hope that what this is all ultimately leading to is a confrontation between Superman and Dr. Manhattan. Well, they basically said as much, but Dr. Manhattan yeah. said, look, if I look at Superman, either he kills me mm -hmm. or the entire universe ends around us. Because as soon as I saw him in my vision, everything went black. Yeah. Which that's, that's a hell of a friggin' ultimatum there. Either you will kill me, the unkillable godman of the Watchmen universe, or we'll destroy the entire universe. Yeah, the, very interesting. It's got what was this twelve issues? It's got like four issues left. Yeah. Whew. Hopefully, there no more delays. Please, no more delays. Uh, don't worry, Matt. By twenty twenty, we'll be able to see how it all ended. <laughs> yeah, we'll be able to buy it in trade. <laughs> yeah, really. God damn. But uh, yeah, that was Doomsday Clock, and Doomsday Clock was really solid, actually, and actually one of two really good Jeff Johns books that came out this week. Yeah, Shazam issue one was the other one. Yeah, it was we, damn good. Yeah, do we want to talk about Shazam? Man, Shazam surprised yeah. the shit out of me, actually. I am shocked, A, that I liked this one as much as I did, 
be that it was as wholesome and child-friendly as it was, especially considering how dark all of this started in the New 52, and see that this is a direct sequel to the New 52 stuff. It's kind of a direct sequel, but also it's kind of like, eh, that stuff maybe might have happened, but this is kind of like a reboot, but that... And yeah, it's kind of reintroducing them into the into the DC universe, right? Also, as a whole, yeah. Also, making Shazam a team book because it's not just Billy Batson mm-hmm. anymore. It's the whole Shazam family, or the Lightning League, or the Thunder Squad. They couldn't agree on a name. <laughs> I, I did like that, but yeah, it's really great that like instead of yeah, Shazam, it's the whole family, the whole Vasquez Foster family, which is even bigger now than it used to be. Mm. I I don't know if you got this map, but I got a real like uh, kids magical adventure. Like I felt very like Narnia Harry Potter reading this. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like yeah, they go through the, the secret door into the into the station, which is which is the hub world for the magical lands and. And also, it's like very wholesome kid stuff, but they imply some really dark shit, like they're all foster kids. And heck, even even the backup, and I hope this becomes a thing, we got a little backup essentially giving us the origins of Mary Marvel. And it's drawn in this really <laughs> sweet, sugary, almost like anime chibi mm-hmm. style, but the yeah. actual content is fucking horrifying. <laughs> yeah, with Mary like escaping her abusive parents and sleep sleeping on the, on the streets and whatnot. At and yeah. Christmas time yeah (laughs) it's like really dark but the art is really sweet and then like at the end it has a happy ending and i'm like oh wow that's really good i hope they keep doing these yeah it'd be really cool if each one of the like like freddie and eugene and all that get like uh like a little one shot that sees like how they got to the vasquez home or something i get the feeling that's what they're gonna do because yeah they yeah they, they never got much backstory even in the the previous new 52 one in this but yeah shazam man this was this was good this was good and it had a really good cliffhanger ending it did yeah a dude shows up claiming to be billy's father and he obviously looks like uh, he looks like Shazam because that's supposedly mm. the thing that you know when he says the magic word, Billy becomes an adult version of himself. How how fucking awesome would it be if it's like oh this this is like this is like Fawcett City Captain Marvel? I heard people have that theory that that's actually Captain Marvel who came from another universe. And it's like look, I'm not really your dad, but I'm also kind of you, where the rules were different. Yeah. I would be a-okay with that. I think that's actually super cool. That'd be really cool. Yeah, but yeah, Shazam, man, what a, what a pleasant surprise this series was. I'm actually super on board with all of this now. Yeah, definitely, but you know what wasn't a surprise? <laughs> do tell. <laughs> Batman issue 60. <laughs> Matt, do you love poetry? Do you want to read page after page of William Blake and Shakespeare? Because Tom King thinks that's what we want. <laughs> yeah which is definitely i i'd prefer a, a, a coherent story i will pay him whatever he wants to if to just get a coherent story no penguin penguin and alfred need to sit down for multiple pages <laughs> and debate the actual meaning behind shakespeare's phoenix and the turtle poem yeah well batman viciously viciously assaults criminals for not knowing a simple thing <laughs> also batman did you not have a whole story where you realized that beating up villains to near death was wrong and you had to rig a whole trial to assuage your guilt i guess you learned nothing no i didn't learn anything 
at all. And then we got Gordon here, who seems to be the slowest cop in all of Gotham, where it's like, <laughs> hey, Harvey, give me give me them files on that uh, Mr. Freeze case. Let me look into that. You're only looking into this now. <laughs> yeah, oh no, Bat- Batman did something wrong. It seems like a pretty big thing, Jim. You probably <laughs> should have been looking into that. Also, oh, d- did you hear uh, he beat up uh, Bane and left him for dead? Oh, really? That was in Russia. How did you know about that? Oh, well, some, some spies were watching, and oh. uh, they-, they told us. Oh, that that was, like, the best, because, like, we, we got that, like, KGB story, and um, we, we learned that, like, obviously he's out in the middle of a tundra, like, mm-hmm. it takes, like, days to get there on foot because you can't take planes, and the FBI was just watching this house. Uh, <laughs> They're just watching this house. Do, do they say FBI or do they say spies and also... If it, they say the feds, and I, I, I just mean right. like, I, like probably FBI, um, probably. If the feds were watching the KGBs, why did they not try and stop him during the assassination and all the illegal <laughs> things he was doing, like entering America illegally? <laughs> How did they help him? Because it, it took Batman days. Like he said, it would take days to walk out of there. They wouldn't be able to have a helicopter or cars or anything. It was drones. It was satellites, (laughs) probably. But how would a satellite see through fucking snowstorm? (laughs) Special CIA stuff. I don't know. Uh, again too it's like and i and i'm sure that was tom king thinking he was really brilliant being like oh man how did the cops figure out of this oh the spies told them okay but if the spies know why didn't they stop them um um because yeah. bane infiltrated the cia too oh god is that gonna be a thing bane is president now and <laughs> that seems to be the thing whenever there's a plot hole no bane did it bane yeah, did it's it part ever. of bane's plan part of bane's plan it, it's the greatest most layered plan in all of history he did everything I remember the last the other week where where Batman beat up Bane. I actually like went back and like tracked back all through the things that like throughout up to issue fifty nine of all the things that were meant to be Bane. It's just like shit that like Bane wouldn't even know. Like in this issue, what the fuck is Flashpoint Batman there? We, I remember we thought like it was just like an illusion, but it's, it's a real thing. Nope. It's a fucking real thing. <laughs> He's very much real. How does anyone know who Flashpoint Batman is? <laughs> and also a bunch of people, normally people who have yelled at me and who I've had to ban, be like, no, you're fucking wrong. Tom King's Batman story is great. That's not Flashpoint Batman. That's Hugo Strange dressed as Flashpoint Batman. <laughs> but then why is Hugo Strange over here, though? And also, yeah. he, he calls him father in this book. So it clearly is him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's not like an illusion or anything like that. It's, it's and, and and then that's another thing. The last time we saw Thomas Wayne, the Flashpoint Batman, he's like, he's like, oh, I love you, son. You know, don't be Batman anymore. Be go live your life. But now he's like, I'm gonna fucking beat up my son. I'm gonna beat up fucking Alfred. You know, we we theorized when we read the button where it's like, I don't think Tom King wrote all of this. I don't think they no, wrote. No, it was Jeff they, Johns. <laughs> it was Johns and Williamson. Now, as time goes on, I'm like, yeah, I'm actually certain Tom King didn't actually write the button. They just put his name on it. Yeah, to probably sell. Yeah, so that's the thing. Can we talk about Gordon? Because G- Gordon has an interesting journey here, and he has a moment that should be good, and in any other moment in any other run probably would be really good. He decides, you know what, Batman's a loose cannon, he's unreliable, he's dangerous, I can't trust him anymore, I have to destroy the bat signal. And it should be a great scene, and it's drawn very well, and it's rendered really well, but in the back of my mind, as a person who has read Batman forever, 
all I can think is like, really, Jim? This was the final straw that he hit you? It, w- it wasn't the death of your second wife, Sarah Essen. It wasn't the death of all the children Batman keeps around. It wasn't the fact that he inducted your own daughter, your only child. Oh, well, your only good child. You have a son, too. You're only a good child into a life of crime fighting that, you know, got her crippled and maimed and everything else. This this was the thing that pushed Batman. This this was too much for you. <laughs> yeah, him him it's storming into Arkham and beating up a known villain and then and then and then punching you. This is this is what set set him off. Also too, Batman I'm the world's greatest detective. I can, you know, I can figure out anything. I'm so goddamn smart. Okay, if you're so smart, then why can't you make any connection to the fact that you're acting like a crazy person and playing into Bane's plan by making yourself look like a fucking jackass? Also, he's doing all this shit. Where are, like, where where are the rest of the Bat family? Why aren't they coming in and being like, Bruce, dude, fucking chill out, mate. Well, Nightwing has brain Where's damage. Superman? Where's the Justice League? Uh, yeah. Well, I can tell you, Matt, uh, what is it? Uh, th- this actually fits perfectly with the darker DC universe. Uh, Nightwing has brain damage and doesn't know who he is, and no one seems to be helping him. Uh, Damien is busy running a black site Abu Ghraib prison completely illegally. I don't actually know what Batgirl's doing. Apparently her book is good, but I'm not reading that one. Uh, everyone else is on the outsiders. <laughs> Tim is off on Young Justice in another universe. There you go. Uh, Superman is jumping back and forth between Phantom Zones and not seeing his wife. (laughs) So there you go. That's why. But what's Wonder Woman's problem? She's busy helping the new reborn Ares. I get well well if you remember uh what is it if you remember Tom King's take on Wonder Woman, it was goddamn awful and she was horrible, so Yes, she's probably lucky that yeah. she's not here. Like, like remember, again, it's been so long ago now, but remember, like, Tom King's version of uh, Wonder Woman was just him and Batman, or her and Batman sitting around talking about how they could beat up Superman? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So she's just planning ways to beat up Superman, apparently. <laughs> well, also, also another thing, so, like, Penguin is, like, in the Batcave and he's like blindfolded so he can't see where he is and everything. He doesn't know who Alfred is or anything. Bruce just comes into the cave and just starts yelling, Alfred, Alfred, Alfred. Man, it's a good thing Penguin was already Alfred, the the man that Penguin was assigned to To kill. kill. (laughs) So if he was smart, he would probably put two and two together. (laughs) In fact, he should already put... Again, we were talking about the suit. They kind of implied that Penguin already knew that Batman was <laughs> Bruce Wayne. Or at least he would have, because why would he care if Alfred got killed outside the fact that he wouldn't want people to die? But they blindfolded him in the cave, but maybe is that just so he doesn't know where the cave is? And also that strengthens the theory that, yes, indeed, that is Thomas Wayne, because only Thomas Wayne would know where the Batcave was. Mm-hmm. That tracks, at least. Credit where credit is due to Tom King. That bit at least tracks. Yeah, which makes me think that's probably, like, one of the first things he wrote. And then, whatever else, crayons everywhere. Also, Penguin talks more about his wife, Penny, but, like, he uses the word bill and feathers to describe her. And I'm like, is he just being poetic, or was she she actually a fucking penguin? Did did Oswald fuck a penguin? And then did Bane murder a penguin to 
get back. Oh, well, if that's going to be it, I'm going to give the book a 10 out of 10. If that ends up being, I'll just be, bravo, bravo. That's, that's what they seek to be <laughs> His <implied>. master plan was <laughs> to murder a penguin. That's what they seek to be implied, but then I'm like, no, but, but they buried Penny in a people's graveyard because her tombstone said, you know, uh, beloved wife and daughter. And I'm like, well, a penguin can be a wife and daughter too, but why would you bury a penguin? <laughs> in a people cemetery but i, I also guess... mentioned her father who ran ran a company or something or yeah. like wanted to see maybe her father was like a really angry penguin i know because it's like <laughs> wanted an audience with oswald because he describes her like a penguin and i'm like okay <laughs> or is he just really sexually attracted to penguins and he saw the penguinish features in this woman I, I don't know. And again, like we we get nothing that makes us want to like no. like know more about Penny. Like like who gives a shit? She's dead. We don't like you meant to tell us and make us care for her before you kill her, yeah, not yeah. after the fact. Not after like oh yeah, I should probably just do this. Yeah, you're you're doing it backwards. <laughs> but yeah. That's oh god. Another week, another Tom King Batman story. Wah wah. Yeah, at least at least in this uh, this coming week, uh, I think there's like an a Batman annual, so it's like multiple writers. Oh, okay. So we'll have some good stories. I think Tom Taylor's doing a story, so and also that'll too, be good. I will admit, for all my griping, I'm super stoked for issue sixty one because I am dying to hear the explanation of how and why Flashpoint Batman is involved in this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because <laughs> either a it's going to be a good reason, I'll be like, oh, okay, that makes sense, or it's going to be a terrible reason. <laughs> it's sixty issues in, and you're still and you're still saying it's going to be a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> Come or, on, or, it's not going to be, or, or we won't even get a reason. Exactly, or we could do the classic Tom King thing, and Batman will just never ask his father why he's involved with this, and he'll be like, oh, isn't it? No. Isn't it interesting that Batman never asks? No, it's not. It's stupid. <laughs> Any rational person would have asked the obvious question right out of the gate, and that is what the fuck is going on. World's greatest detective. <laughs> can't can't find his ass in a snowstorm. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was Batman, everyone, and it it is what it is. What can I say? <laughs> it is what it is. Now, what uh, what else did you have, Matt? I had uh, I had two other books. Uh, I actually read Martian Manhunter issue one this week. Okay, there was a lot of new number ones this week. I was either going to read Shazam or Martian Manhunter, and Martian Manhunter can't keep a book to save his life, so I chose Shazam. <laughs> I don't know. I think this book might stay around because it's really interesting. Is it an it's really good. Is it an ongoing or is it just another mini? Uh, I'm not actually too sure. I thought it was a 12 issuer. Yeah, it might be, but it might extend maybe if it's good. Could be. Tell me um, about but it. Yeah, so this issue sees John kind of remember his life as Detective John Jones um, running down some type of killer that might be from Mars. He's not too sure. We're, not, we're given a couple of clues throughout this issue that it might be from Mars. While also we get to see his life as a cop on Mars. And we find out that he was a pretty fucking corrupt cop. Oh, um he's he's we, we see him he's beating up criminals for not giving them not giving him enough money from their take um you know he's basically keeping, keeping small amounts of space drugs <laughs> space crack yeah yeah he, he threatens them with like the big thing is like they don't get arrested or anything they get frozen in one particular form so they can't shapeshift so they are stuck in one form um like all the other criminals 
Um, so he threatens them with that and everything. And he's, you know, keeping secrets from his wife and everything. And he's kind of a bad person. A very, like, he's, he's setting up white Martian fist fights and oh, whatnot. Oh, damn. So he's racist, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I guess that makes sense because the problem with writing any Martian Manhunter story is like, oh, good natured final survivor of a doomed race. Oh, so he's green Superman then? I, I yeah. guess you have to change him a little bit so you're not just writing Green Superman. Yeah, and he, yeah, he's um, and I, I I guess what they they're trying to do they're showing that life and then they're showing like his life as Detective John Jones where he's trying to atone for all of that, that and be a, be a better hero and everything. But the issue ends with like uh him sort of crashing his car with his partner and, and the, the the fire the car starts makes him change into martian manhunter and he's his partner doesn't know he was martian manhunter so she's like freaking out she's got this weird alien thing morphing in the seat next to her and whatnot it was really cool and the artist as well i can't remember what the artist's name but he's totally suited for a green green um uh martian manhunter book where you get like weird shapes and weird aliens and everything looks really cool you're kind of selling me on this one honestly i it's really cool i like police procedurals i like that they made martian manhunter a police procedural <laughs> uh what did i have uh, again yeah. i oh speaking of go ahead oh no I was, I was done after you i was gonna say speaking of police procedurals green lanterns the the green lantern issue two was this week that's police procedure as well the whole issue was hell interrogating a spider pirate oh cool oh i like that the guy who dressed like adam ant from the previous issue yeah yeah and um yeah it's just like him trying to get answers of like what the fuck's going on like with the controllers and evil star the the old old Green Lantern villain Evil Star comes back for for a hot second. Oh, very Grant Morrison. <laughs> yeah, this is really cool. And then at the end of this issue, end of this issue, someone steals Earth. So I'm like, ah, it's kind of like what Bendis just did in Superman. <laughs> but we're not going to tell Morrison that. <laughs> oh, you probably saw this. Ah, I'll do it better. I'll do it better. I. You're doing it wrong, Sonny Jim. Uh, and we got really cool. We got really cool. Um, uh, like lanterns, like really weird lanterns. There was a lantern from like the old Green Lantern series, which lives in the Obsidian Deep and can't process color. So its its lantern is like a bell. Um, and we got a lantern whose name is Volk, and his head is a volcano. <laughs> I like it. Like, like, like an actual, like, erupting volcano. Like, human body and he's just a head's a volcano. <laughs> Again, sounds like something Grant Morrison sees when he closes his eyes. <laughs> he has stopped closing his eyes. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't sure to go back to Green Lantern or not. I don't know. It's a good book. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking maybe it's, maybe it's not for me, man. Maybe, maybe it was not meant <laughs> to be me and Green Lantern. Yeah, well, well, that's the thing. Like, the Green Lantern is like one of those books where like everything is canon. Yeah, which is what Morrison excels at. Just look at his Batman. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking of canon and everything being canon, uh, I actually uh, read something this week that you could describe as ret canon because it's a retcon, but it's also keeping in canon and it's making something new canon. I read Killmonger number one this week. Ooh, what was that like? Very fun, actually. It's an origin story for Eric Killmonger. He, of course, looks 100% like Michael B. Jordan now. 
mm-hmm. as you might have guessed. Uh, they, they opened the comic in a really interesting way. Uh, uh, Juan Ferreira is the guy who does the art for this. He did those. Uh, Ooh, green, yeah. Yeah, he did those Green Arrow stories I really like. it. Literally, the first panel is Killmonger on top of the waterfall with Black Panther throwing him off. And it's, <laughs> it's great because it's a reframing of his first appearance in, like, The Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. but also it's framed to look like the movie too. So they've like yeah, fused yeah. them in a really great way. And from there, we just kind of see his life, how his father was uh, killed in an industrial accident by Ulysses S. Claw and how he moved to America and graduated MIT. But he like basically kept like a, a little revenge book where it's like, I'm going to kill this guy. I'm going to kill this guy. <laughs> and uh, he does try and take a pot shot at uh, Ulysses S. Claw when he's doing like a, like a human trafficking deal in New York, but a bunch of Kingpins guys grab him and say oh, hey, okay. and say hey yeah you can't really kill him because kingpin is doing business with him right now so sorry about that but uh one of kingpin's dudes a guy called king uh, all of his people have a chess theme i wonder i wonder if uh claw's business was that issue of death of daredevil where he appeared and attacked uh matt at the stadium possibly well that was a dream That'd be remember cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That was, it, it was all the dream, as they say. <laughs> Funny if that was connected, though, like like Brian Hill didn't realize that it was a dream. <laughs> also, also, this is a flashback, too, so this takes place before. Oh, okay. This, this takes place even before his first apparent, uh, appearance in Black Panther. Ah. But, yeah, so he uh, basically a Kingpin's guy is like, hey, you know, uh, just because Fisk is doing business with Claw today doesn't mean he's going to be doing business with him forever. How would you like to join our team? And when that relationship falls apart, you'll be in a perfect position to kill Claw. Cool. And uh, that guy has superpowers. And yeah, it's just it's just a fun little origin story. Feels very much like a movie, which makes sense because that's what Brian Edward Hill has written before, movies and TV. Hmm. And again, if you really liked Eric Killmonger from the movie, you're going to like this too because they're basically just making that dude canon. Cool. Yeah. It's fun stuff. Good start. Awesome. Yeah, did, did well on the channel too. I'm looking at the numbers right here. People, uh, people were interested in it. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what else did you have? I had two more. Uh, I had Justice League issue 13. Oh, I have not read this yet. This looked to be a Joker-centric issue. Yeah, it was another Legion of Doom part, and we kind of get to see Joker's recruitment into the Legion of Doom and uh, Lex's like reasonings for it. And his reasonings are he thinks that joker is like the 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 antithesis of like human uh true human nature and <laughs> of the humankind and everything uh because he thinks like obviously the world is falling into doom who's the best like person to deal with that joker Interesting. uh joker's like eh, i might join but you better not be fucking working with that batman who lasts motherfucker yeah because i don't um, trust any batman regardless of the yeah. universe that and as well, I think he it, it seeks to imply he's a little jealous. Oh, that too, because he's scarier than me. Yeah, and yeah, and, and he's kind of succeeded in sort of ha- like defeating Batman, basically. Um, and yeah, we we get to see a little bit of like their his role and everything, and we sort of pick up a little bit after Drowned Earth, where they need to recruit a new member to fill Black Manta's place. So they like kidnap all these villains, like riddler mr freeze parasite all these villains We're gonna have uh, tryouts. At, yeah but before they can have tryouts joker gasses them all and turns them into like uh 
turns everyone in the Legion of Doom headquarters except for Lex into, like, his personal, like, uh, thugs and everything, and Lex has to, like, fight his way through them. And we learn that Joker, Joker only joined uh, the Legion of Doom just so he could fuck with Lex's plan at the last minute, just before he was going to win. That's the... That's the only reason he wanted to do it. And he's like, well, you, you promised us multiversal powers. Like, but that's a lot of responsibility. I'd rather just fuck with you. That <laughs> you know? sounds very Joker. That's that's the punchline. Yeah. yeah, it's like, this is my masterpiece that you wanted. And um, uh, he ends up letting letting Lex go um, because he knows that whatever the, the Batman who laughs will do will be 10 times worse than whatever he could do. Um, wow, to think Joker is the sensible one in this situation. <laughs> yeah, so, so he leaves and, and Lex realizes, like, oh, I was wrong. He wasn't, like, the most advanced intelligence in the universe. I better get on that. I better call up Dr. Ivo and see how he's going rebuilding Brainiac. Oh, wicked, getting some Brainiac back in here. Yeah, so I don't know whether Brainiac will be, like, like whether it'll be, like, the robot version i'm guessing it will be because we get to see it at the end or whether it'll be like the half robot half kaluan sort of thing we get every now and then or whether it'll be full kaluan i like that dr ivo is rebuilding him too we haven't seen amazo in a yeah bit. yeah yeah we've seen more kid amazo than we've seen amazo amazo yeah so that's fun. Yeah, well, that sounds like a great issue. And also, so so quintessentially Joker, I'm not a team player. I don't pay, play well with others. It's amazing I played yeah. this long. Yeah, yeah, I, I just like that it wasn't some overly complicated plan. He's just like, ow, I had, a, like, a plan that I was just going to fuck you over. And it was cool because he's like, I was going to fuck you over. And I had a plan put in place that would have seen Batman and Superman witness you all die. <laughs> but i'm not doing that now because i'm you know bored (laughs) i'm all about chaos and you're all about control yeah yeah (laughs) it just never would have worked between us (laughs) yeah that sounds good i'm interested to read that now yeah uh i another new number one i read this week winter soldier number one from uh channel favorite kyle higgins i i'm looking forward to reading this it's in my pile it's really good and it's really good because kyle higgins does something most writers forget to do when writing winter soldier and that is he gives bucky barnes something unique to do okay what's he doing uh well so you know like in most times when you're reading a winter soldier book it's like oh he's more violent captain america or like oh he's captain Mm -hmm. america light here though he has a job and that job is he tries to help people escape their dangerous lives he tries to help uh, a cop who is getting pressured by a bunch of other dirty cops to steal some drugs he helps a former hydra agent escape hydra and start a new life somewhere else so he's the equalizer he's the fucking equalizer and it works so well for bucky because he's like yeah i know how important it is to get a second chance to start over you know i was a russian super weapon for years and now, uh, what is it? I'm trying to be a hero, and I'm trying to pay that forward to everyone else. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, v- very good idea for Bucky. I'm shocked it took them this long to get here. Yeah. Uh, Sharon Carter is helping him, too, run back end, which is funny. They even make a joke where it's like, wait, how can you do this and work for Ross over in the Captain America book? And she's like, meh, I'm a master of multitasking. <laughs> Also, also, I make sense as a supporting character. Uh, Tony is funding them, of course. Oh, that's cool, yeah. Because he's like, yeah, I, I know what it's like to get a second chance, too. I'm on, like, my fifth or sixth second chance. <laughs> <laughs> so so here's some money, and here, go fix your arm. Go do some things. 
Uh, at the end, too, we're introduced to a brand new assassin who's trying to kill the people that Bucky is trying to save. Uh, he's a teenage assassin called RJ, and he says that he's a huge fan of Bucky because his costume is literally evil Bucky, right down to the haircut and everything. Oh, that's cool. And I'm like, oh, that's fun, too. So now it's like, you know, will uh, will Winter Soldier be forced to kill a kid that looks up to him, or will he try and be like uh, how Cap was to him when he was Winter Soldier? That's cool. It's a really great setup, Kyle Higgins. Kyle Higgins is an idea man, I tell you. <laughs> I, I hope more people read this book, because I know a lot of the time Winter Soldier books are like, that's a fun idea. No, nah, I don't need to read it, though. Yeah. But yeah, Winter Soldier was a lot of fun. Definitely check that one out if you haven't, if you've been fence-sitting on it. Cool. I know Marvel's been putting out a ton of new number ones, everyone, but this is actually one worth looking into. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what else did you have? I had one more. Uh, that's about it for me. All right, I'll, I'll do this one quickly. Uh, I finished the Benson run on Green Arrow. I read issues 46 and 47. Ooh, I, I've still got to read them. What was that like? They are good. You can tell the story was supposed to be longer, though. Yeah? You can definitely tell. We we get resolution on the whole, oh, did, did Oliver Queen really drive drunk and kill that girl? We get a resolution on that this issue. Okay. That's that's good. Uh, we, we do learn the citizen's identity, who he is, and why he's trying to do... Well, actually, no, that's the problem. We learn who he is... But they never really explain why he bothered to single out Green Arrow the way he did. Is was it? I, I had a theory while reading, like the the issue where it was revealed he did the drunk driving. Was it the other guy in the car? No, the other guy in the car died doing another unrelated drunk driving years later. Oh god damn it! <laughs> no, it's it, it was a cop. It was a rookie cop who responded oh, really? to that scene. Yeah. Uh, I was I was really betting on oh maybe it's that that friend of Oliver's <laughs> that that would have made sense. Also, Facebook saves the day and helps exonerate Oliver. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I'm like, well, shit, that's actually pretty goddamn realistic, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we find out who the citizen is. He like lashes Ollie to an electric chair and he gets people all over the world to try and vote on whether or not he should die. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fun, it has all the points, but they don't give the citizen a reason as to why he did what he did. I feel like that was supposed to be a whole other issue where we would get his origin and the whys. It sounds like, it. yeah, like, you find out who he is, and then the issue after that is, like, his origin, and then you have the ending. We get no origin, he's just a guy who got a bug up his ass one day to try people in the court of public opinion. Oh, okay. Black Canary gets a great moment, too, because Citizen doesn't know Green Arrow and Oliver Queen are the same person, even though he's targeting yeah. them both at the same time. So to protect yeah. his secret identity, uh, what is it, Black Canary dresses up like Green Arrow and <laughs> beats up the Citizen and then, like, changes clothes with Ollie at the last second. Oh, uh, that's cool. <laughs> it's very fun, yeah. It's sad to see the Bensons go. You could tell they were probably penciled in for a much longer run, and I'm worried about what's going to happen next. Yeah. Do we know who's writing next? Yes, the Gotham Garage uh, team. Uh, who is that? Colin something and another guy something. It's two guys writing this one. Okay, well, that would be interesting to see what they do. Did, are they, did they um, end up doing anything uh, in regards to, like, the death of Roy Harper? Like, I know, like, at the end of that issue, like, 
something seemed to have changed with Oliver. Yeah, that's another thing that got really rushed because Ollie had a letter that he wanted to give to Roy and he wanted to be the first one to tell him about the new special job he has for the Justice League, watching the box that Martian Manhunter mm-hmm. gave him. But obviously, because Roy's dead, he couldn't do that. So he just burns the letter and we never figure out what he was going to say. Oh, I, won- I wonder if that was like like a thing like like they did that 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 funeral issue but then they're like no we're, we're going we're changing heroes in crisis and it's all going to be like like simulation or something or like fake or big fake all these heroes have to come back a little later on to be more extreme and whatnot yeah, and I they're know. like oh burn the letter i don't get why they're putting a new team on it and also the the by the solicitations i'm seeing for issue 48 it looks like they're dropping everything the Bensons decided to pick up with, like, Manhunter, his lawyer, and his relationship with Dinah. Th- this oh, one really? seems to be saying, like, oh, uh, Count Vertigo breaks out of jail and gives everyone motion sickness in uh, Star City, and, oh, can a Green Arrow stop him? And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound connected to any of the other stuff. <laughs> that actually sounds kind of boring. <laughs> that, that sounds very trite, actually, and I love Count Vertigo, and that doesn't sound like the most interesting pitch. I mean, I will give it a chance. The these people they they wrote uh bat wrote for Batman and Robin Eternal and they wrote Gotham Garage, so I mean I will give them a shot, but man, don't make me drop Green Arrow again. I did it before, I'll do it again. It's my favorite superhero, but I, I will drop a motherfucker. <laughs> Cause I have too many goddamn books now and there's too many number ones. Yeah. Too much friggin' shit. But yeah, that was that was everything I read this week. Cool, cool. And I guess that's the show then, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Alrighty then, so thank you everyone for watching. We really hope you appreciated it. Uh, For those wondering what the show uh, rollout is going to look like during the Christmas season, I will tell you. We will be back next week for sure. Uh, hopefully talking about Into the Spider-Verse. Matt might not be able to see it, but he's going to try. I'm definitely going to see it. If nothing else, be sure to come back next week because we will be giving you your uh, dose of Cape TV because we will be talking about the big Elseworld crossover because that's this week. Yeah, it looks really good. looks really good. Man, that monitor. Fucking look at that monitor, man. Yeah, yeah. God damn, that's so cool. Even the last couple episodes that they left on cliffhangers too. Mm-hmm. Legends was left on a big ass cliffhanger. Well, I don't think Legends is part of it. Part? Oh, is it really not? Which uh, which ones no. uh, are crossing over? Uh, Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl. Oh, really? I assumed it was a Fortnite event with all the shows. No, Le- Legends is sitting it out for some oh, reason. Oh, really? Uh, that's... It's just a shame. This is a damn shame. Because <laughs> they're fucking hilarious, and I want yeah. drunken Mick to stumble in and ruin everything. <laughs> yeah, oh, God damn it! Yeah, he kills the monitor. Yeah. Hey, Batwoman. Hey, Sugar Tits. It's me. <laughs> oh, God. Could you imagine him with Batwoman? Yeah. Jesus. I'm the heat wave. <laughs> 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 Rory, stop it. Hey, I'm Constantine. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Oobity doobity magic. <laughs> Man, it's so funny to think Constantine on his own show. It's like, oh, you think they're going to talk about his bisexuality? You think they're going to mention any of that? Leave it to legends. We are leaning right into his Vertigoian <laughs> bisexuality. <laughs> Heck, so much for my theory when he kept seeing that black guy in his mind. I'm like, oh, did, did they did they recast his guardian angel? Are they are they bringing that back from his show? Oh, nope, it was it was a guy he loved. Okay. <laughs> I thought Guardian Angel, but this is fine, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll be back talking about Elseworld. Hopefully we'll be talking about uh, Into the Spider-Verse. And then 
the week of Christmas, because this show goes up on a Wednesday and Christmas is on a Tuesday this year, you will get the best of Comic Multiverse, a collection of our finest, funniest, most laugh-out-loud bits. Big thanks to fan Stank Sinatra. He took point on this one and edited it all together, and he did a fucking amazing job. Yeah. I listened to it. It's almost two hours. In fact, I think it is like two hours worth of material. Ooh, people like them two-hour shows. Oh, you're going to love this one. This is great. And then after that, in the new year, uh, our first show back, we'll probably be talking about Aquaman and whatever big comics came out. But I would, but maybe Aquaman will be an episode on its own because I would also really like to do a special commentary that I've been saying we were going to do forever. But Matt mm-hmm. and I need to uh, coordinate with another guest and work around their schedule as well. But uh, for people yeah. who want to return to commentaries, we're hopefully going to do a really special one in the new year. We're going to open with it. You're you're probably not going to expect what it is. Yeah. But I assure you, you'll like it. And uh, yeah, I guess with that, we can start winding the show down proper. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back again next week. If you are a patron, you will get to listen to this one first in audio and then eventually in video because Matt and I do them both. And you can do that for as little as a dollar a month. Yeah, it's a great deal. Yes. Also, hey, Christmas is coming up, so if you want to buy any comic books for yourself or the nerd in your life, please go to our book depository links down in the description. Check those out. Uh, again, they, it's a great service. You don't pay a cent for shipping and handling. I use it all the time. I, I actually think they sent me an email recently. They changed, uh, th- they changed the percentage we get when you do buy something, so buy more, please, because I think we actually get less of a cut now than we used to. <laughs> and that's a shame because that was one of the more lucrative ones uh yeah you can find all sorts of links down there amazon links all sorts of stuff there lots of lots of ways to support the show that uh, matt and i would very much appreciate definitely so yeah with that everyone we'll bring the show to a close and we'll be back again mm-hmm. next time bye bye